think I did all the announcements. Did all the announcements? If not, they're in the bulletin. Read them. It's all good. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for today. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're, you're doing and everything that you're going to do. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, have your way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. If, if you've been, been with us for the last, last 12 weeks or so, 11, 12 weeks, Tim has been in a, a really intense uh, series called Relationships. And in that, he's covered all different kinds of relationships. We talked about father and son. We talked about uh, pastor relationships. We talked about friend relationships. We talked about anybody. If, if you think some, name them out for me. There was like the prodigal son relationship. Church and world, we did church and world for like three weeks. We did all kinds of relationships, but in doing so, there's a few kind of key relationships that we haven't gone over that I kind of think are, are pretty critical that I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to talk about, and uh, hopefully Tim will, will cover them in the next one. So the first relationship that we have, I'm going to throw on the slide there, is the woman, oh, oh you had it, oh, you had it. There we go. The woman-mall relationship. And that, that definitely is needed, especially with my wife. We need that message preached, so hopefully Tim will hit that next week. Also, there is the, the male Monday night football relationship. Very delicate subject, which I will not be talking about. The next one is the Pastor Tim Starbuck relationship, which he needs some help with, so we're going to be praying for him. And last but not least, oh, no, it's not last. This is my favorite one, the Lucas food relationship, which, I mean, that's a good-looking sandwich right there, and we should talk about it. And the last one is the human extraterrestrial relationship. And if you have this relationship, please dial on your phone right now to Tim because you need some help because it's just, okay. But anyway, this morning, the relationship that we are going to talk about is Jesus and humanity, Jesus and me, Jesus and you, Jesus and and his children and uh it's a great topic jesus he's he's such a amazing wonderful guy that <laughs> just just to say his name jesus no other name <laughs> like the name of jesus just, let's just say it one time. Jesus. Jesus. It's different, ain't it? Man, I'm already. Jesus. If I was, uh, if I was to ask you this morning how you would describe Jesus, what, what would be the first, first few words that would pop into your head? And just go ahead and shout them out. Love. Grace. Savior. Kind. Mercy, Redeemer, all these words that, that come to our mind when we talk about Jesus. C.S. Lewis said this. He says, what we think about God is the most important thing about us. Think about that. What we think about God is the most important thing about us. How do we think about the Lord? How do we relate to him? Those first words that popped into your head. Savior, lover, 
Redeemer. All those things that Jesus has shown himself to us and, and revealed himself to us. And, but what if I was to say that there's a whole other side to Jesus? What if I was to say that to describe Jesus, I could use words like unconventional, use words like risky, use words like out of this world, crazy, intense, massively huge, big, incredible. What if I was to just, just say words like funny, describe Jesus as funny and daring? What if I was to say he's powerful and strong? And what if I was to describe him as adventurous? And what if I was to say he's, he's the lamb, but he's also the lion? He's that, that cute lamb. Then he's also the lion. What if, he, what if he was sometimes different than the way that we think about him? And that's what we're going to kind of talk about this morning, is ways that we think about God and ways that we relate to God and ways that we communicate with the Lord. And, and I said at the first service, I feel like, I feel like a little boy that's at the ocean, and he's, he's digging a hole. He's digging that hole at the ocean. He has his little bucket, and he goes and he runs, and he goes to the ocean, he fills that bucket full of water, and he runs back, and he dumps it in the hole. And he just keeps on doing it. He's taking the ocean, taking it, dumping it in the hole, back and forth. And he's just intense. And this guy comes up to him, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you? And I'm that little boy that's just saying, I'm trying to dump that ocean into the hole. I'm trying to get all this ocean to fit into this hole. And that's kind of like my relationship with the Lord. There's so much of him. There's so, such a vastness to him that I'm trying to fit all of him into this little hole of a brain. This little, this little hole right here that can only, only consume this much, but still I'm trying. And every time I, I think I got the Lord figured out, he goes and he does something completely different. And I'm just like, Whoa. So I run back and I grab another bucket and I just keep dumping it in the hole because I'm finding out more about the Lord in different ways that he reveals himself to me. So we're going to read this morning out of Psalms 84. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version on the, uh, on the screen. I think it's going to be NIV. Uh, but we'll get it. Psalms 84. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. They will pass through the valley of Baca, and they will make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They will go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayers. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold your shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts 
is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. The good, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And in this psalm, the psalmist points out three different times he says, Blessed are those who, or blessed, in the, blessed is the man, blessed are the ones. And we're going we're gonna to kind of talk on, on those three. The first one in, in verse 4, it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. And I begin to ask myself, well, what is it to, to dwell in the house of the Lord? And I remember um, before I, I got married, me, me and my wife, were, we were dating. And uh, it, it was really awesome. Because I had my apartment, and she had hers. And when the day was over, she went home. And I went home. So we could go out to eat. We could hang, you know. Uh, it didn't matter, you know. But at the end of the day, we both went home. And it was good. But then I got married. And I went to sleep, and she was there. I woke up, and she was there. I came home from work, and yet again, she was there. And I then began to know what it's like to dwell with someone. And I began to realize things that I have done for so long, I have been doing the wrong way <laughs> for so long. For 29 years, I have pushed the toothpaste wrong. For 29 years, I cannot dress myself. This is my wife's doing. I have worn the wrong shirts. I placed the shampoo in the wrong spot in the shower. I now know this because we dwell together. I now know what I have done and learned the errors of my way because we now dwell together. And here's the thing, though. It's kind of like my relationship with the Lord. You know, before whenever I... Before I became saved, and I just started to learn about him. On Sundays, I'd kind of date him. And the rest of the week, God would go home, and I would go home. And we didn't really dwell together. But then I invited him to be the Lord of my life, and I go to sleep, and he's there. And I wake up, <clears throat> and he's there. Go to work. There he is. Driving on the way here. God's still there. And we begin to dwell together. And I begin to learn things about him. And, and here's the thing. I, I begin to learn that some of the things that I thought about God are different when we dwell together. I learned that God shows up and shows himself in some ways that seemingly are contrary to everything that I think about him. See, me and my wife, we... We got married, and she, she doesn't like seafood. But I come home one day, and she's like chewing on flounder. And I'm like, what's the deal? You don't like seafood, but I like flounder. Uh, okay. You know, like I have, like, my favorite shirt. She likes it and stuff. We get married, and then she's like, yeah, I don't like that shirt anymore. Uh, you love this shirt. She's like, yeah, not anymore. Not with those shoes. It doesn't, doesn't work for me. And, like, things start to change, and I'm like, whoa, you know? And not that she changed at all, 
or anything, but there was a different aspect. And, the, and there's things in our life that will happen, and the Lord will begin to show up in ways that are different. We, we, we said words that described, and we said words like love and, and hope and stuff. But, but what about the times when we, we don't, he shows up and we don't see the love? And we don't feel the hope. The times where, Jesus, you are my healer, but I'm sick. And I'm praying for you to heal me, to heal my body. But I'm still sick. And it's contrary to everything that I know about you. Because you're my healer, but Lord, I'm still sick. And Lord God, you're my deliverer, but I still got fired from my job. I don't understand. I'm putting my trust in you. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my hope in you, but... It's not working. It's not working, Lord. And I don't, I don't see you. Where, your love. Where, where. And, and you have a moment, like so many of these guys in the Bible, like in Habakkuk, when he cries out in chapter 1, he says, Oh, Lord, how long can I cry? How long can I cry and you don't hear me? And we have that moment where we're crying to the Lord. And everything in our life just seems upside down. And it just seems like, God, you don't hear me. What's going on? What's a mother and her child, the loss of a child, and Lord, why? I don't, I don't understand why. And he, he shows up, and he does something completely different. And there's no... There's no real answer at the time to the question mark. And, and, and to say that, that God works everything for the good to those believes in, the, in, the, in those times, that almost hurts to hear that. It almost hurts to hear that, that you just lost that child and, and someone comes up and says, God works for the good of those that believe. And you're just like, because mm. you know it and you believe it, but... You're going through it now. And everything in you is like, God, why? I know you work everything for the good, but I just don't see it. I don't see the good right now. I feel the loss, and I feel the hurt, and I feel the pain. Which leads us to the next one. And in verse 5, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. As they walk through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain covers it with pools. And I want to read from a commentary um, about, about that, that particular verse. It says, The Valley of Baca, if I'm saying it right, you know, appears to have been a very perilous. Is that right? Perilous? I got it wrong the first service. I was like perilous or something. Perilous. Right? It just doesn't feel right. Okay. <laughs> Pilgrims pass through which pilgrimage, which pilgrims journey th- toward. I cannot read. I'm telling you guys, don't go to like West Brunswick High School or other schools. Like, if you did, you need to go back because you'll end up like me. Like, and the uh, A B C F G F G with the. I feel sorry for the people that come to my church because it's going to be like, you know, you said this wrong. I just make up stuff. I make up all kinds of words all day long. And just act like I know what I'm talking about. So at the, the Perlaceous passage, sounds good. Okay. Through which the pilgrimage journeyed toward Jerusalem, and they encountered, 
accounted difficulties, dangerous, dangerous roads, and sufferings as they traveled through this valley. So this was the valley that the pilgrims, not the pilgrims, pilgrim, these people passed through on their way to Jerusalem. The pilgrims came over on a boat, and they passed through in 1492. And then when they got there, it was a very dangerous way. Okay, but anyway, the Valley of Baca, they're on their way to this place. And the word literally translated means the Valley of Tears, the Valley of Weeping. And there's going to come a time in everyone's life, I I think, you know, maybe you won't have to, but for the most part, there's going to come a time where you pass through a valley of tears and a valley of weeping where you don't understand. And everything that you know about God is questioned because there's tears in your eyes and there's suffering and there's pain. And you might find yourself like David crying out, Lord, I don't understand. Why is it that the wicked here are prospering and the righteous are suffering? It doesn't make sense. I'm getting, I'm getting chased from the palace into a cave. I'm, I'm like Elijah that's done a great miracle, and now I'm running for my life and hiding under a tree. Or I'm like John the Baptist that's preached Jesus is coming, and I'm kind of on top of the world, and now I find myself in a jail cell. Jesus shows up, and now I'm in jail? That's not the way it's supposed to work. I don't understand. And there's a question mark. And... We cry out, Lord, what, what's going on? What's, what's happening here? I'm going through struggles. I'm going through difficulties. I need your strength to go through these hard times. I need your strength to pass through this valley. When you show up, and it's completely different than what I expected. Like I talked about earlier with my wife. You know, we got married, and there was... When I woke up in the morning, I'm about to get in trouble. But she looked completely different <laughs> than the woman I married. And it wasn't like TV. There wasn't like the Maybelline and the Avon and the hair was like, pow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and there's no good morning kisses. It's good morning Tic Tacs and Colgate and Crest because that's real life. And it was different. Than what I expected. Still the same. Still beautiful. But different. And sometimes you wake up to God and He's a little bit different than what you expected. You may be used to the, the lamb and you see the lion, or you're used to the lion and you see the lamb, and you don't know quite how to relate because wow, this is not what I expected. And and I'm like that little boy that's dumping that that ocean into his head, and it's like, Lord, every time I think I got you figured out, you go and do something completely different. You go and eat flounder on me. And I wasn't expecting that because you don't like seafood. And you go and do all these things that I had no idea, and it just blows my, blows my mind. And, 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 it, and it rocks my world. And, but here's the thing. The, the, Lord, the Lord then reveals himself in a deeper way to me. And I could, I, could, I could stand here and say that I know him in this way now. 
Now, I, I know him as my healer, even when I'm not healed. Even when I don't understand. Even when there's a storm around me, he's my peace. Even when I don't feel peace. Because I've walked through this valley. I've walked this journey with the Lord. And there was really no answer at the end of my question, Mark, other than he is good. And I believe it. He's good. Beyond what I, I feel and beyond what I know and beyond what this little, this little hole can handle, <laughs> I'm going to continue to dump that bucket of water. and I'm going to continue to learn and dwell with the Lord. And I'm going to continue to explore my relationship with Him and find out more of Him even when I don't quite understand. And I could say like Job did. You know, all this stuff's happened. And Job cries out and he says, in, in, in chapter 13, he says, Though you slay me, yet I will worship you. And I don't get it, but yet I will worship you. There's a little story I'd like to read you. It's from, a, from one of C.S. Lewis's books from the Chronicles of Narnia. It's from the book uh, The Silver Chair. Kind of a little lesser known book in the series, but really good one. And just to kind of set up the stage for you, there's, there's this girl, Jill, and, and she's just kind of just done this really bad thing. And uh, she goes and she runs off into the forest, and um, she's just she's in the forest wandering around, and she's just dying of thirst. And she comes upon this stream that she hears, so she goes, she finds the stream, and at the stream there's, there's this big lion. It's, it's this guy, Aslan, and, that, and, and in the book he's kind of a, a type of, of Jesus that's sitting by the, by the stream. So that's where we'll pick it up. She goes and she starts to talk to him. Are you thirsty, said the lion? I am dying of thirst, said Jill. Then drink, said the lion. May I? Could I? Would you mind just going away for a while while I do? Said Jill. The lion answered this only with a look and a very low growl. And just as Jill glazed at its motionless bulk, she realized that she might as well have asked the whole mountain to move aside for her convenience. The delicious, rippling noise of the stream was driving her near frantic. Will you promise not to, not to do anything to me if I come? The lion said, I make no promises. Jill was so thirsty now that without noticing it, she had taken a step closer. She said, do you eat girls? I have swallowed up girls and boys, women and men, Kings and emperors, cities and realms, said the lion. It didn't say this as if it were boasting, nor as if it were sorry, nor as if it were angry. It just kind of said it. I dare not come and drink, said Jill. Then you will die of thirst, said the lion. Oh dear, said Jill, coming one more step closer. I suppose I I must go back and look for another stream then. There is no other stream said the lion. There is no other stream. How many times has that been us where we're just dying of thirst and we go up to the stream and, and we're, Lord, to put my trust in you in this situation? I don't know. 
How do I know you're going to come, come through for me? I need to know that you're not going to swallow me up. And the lion just says, I've swallowed up girls and boys, cities, realms. Just kind of says it. And here's the thing. You know, we just, we just sent Toller out to plant a church. In, in a few months, uh, they're, sent, they're sending me out to plant a church. And he, here's the thing. I could fail. Toller can fail. There's no guaranteed success. That business that you want to start, there's no guaranteed success. Because we want, we want to move into the Lord. We want to move into God. But we want 100% assurance that he's not going to swallow us, swallow us up. And he doesn't give it. He doesn't say, he just says, you can come and drink. But this is who I am. And you may go through some things that you don't quite understand. But here's the thing. At the end of the road, I don't want to be like this little girl, Jill, that's just so afraid that wants to go and try and find another way and find another stream because here's the thing, there is no other stream. And I want to know that at the end of my life, I could stand before Jesus and say, you know what, Lord, I gave it my all. I gave it 100%. And you know what, I might have failed. I might have just floundered and fallen completely on my face, but you know what, I, I did it. I gave you everything. I didn't hold back. I went out and tried it, and there's no regrets. I took a risk for you, Lord. And I'm coming to that stream to drink. I'm coming to that stream to drink, and if you swallow me up, you swallow me up. And though you slay me, yet I will worship you. And though sometimes there's not an answer at the end of that question mark, you are good. I know sometimes it frustrates me. I know that you work everything for the good of those that believe. And though sometimes you reveal yourself in a way completely different from the way I know you, I'm going to continue to grab that bucket and dump it into that hole. I'm going to continue to go after you and learn more about you. Cell phone. Let's cut this off. Because God is great. He's good. He's beyond what this little brain can handle. But it's still worth a try. It's still worth running out there and filling up that bucket. It's still worth going after God with everything I got. And be like that little boy that tries to fill this hole with the ocean because he's worth it, because he's good, and he is my Savior. He's my Redeemer. He's all those things at the beginning of the service that we said he is to us. He's my rock. He's my strong tower. He's my place that I run to. He's my refuge. He's the one that I dwell with and share life with, and, and he engulfs every bit of my being. And I wake up, and he's there, and I go to sleep, and he's there, and, and I take a risk, and, and though I fall, he's still right there to help me up. And he's good, and he's the lion, and he's the lamb.
and there's no other stream because he is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're confused about which way to go, go to Jesus. You don't know what's truth, look to Jesus. You're not experiencing life to the fullest, look to Jesus. The answers to every question, to every, every mystery are in Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and, you know, you're, you're saying, maybe, maybe you've looked at Jesus for so long in, w- in one light, I would encourage you to begin to, to explore and be like that boy running with a bucket, the vastness and the greatness of Jesus Christ, to dwell with him, to learn the things that, that make him happy, to experience the joys of being married to the Lord. For him to be your strength, your dwelling place, and to trust in him, even though you don't completely understand everything that's going on. So I'd just like to, if we could all just bow our heads, I'd like to offer a prayer. Lord God, just as I was speaking, if the ones that heart is just crying out to you, Lord God, I pray that your presence would overtake them. Even now at this very moment, Lord. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you could say to me, you know, Lucas, this, this Jesus that you're talking about, this intense, risky, crazy, and awesome, wonderful, glorious guy that you're talking about, I don't know him. And I want to get to know him. If you're here this morning, I'd like you just to slip up your hand. Take a step and say, you know what? I'd like to get to know this Jesus that you're talking about. I want to explore more with him. And then if you're here this morning, and you're going through that valley of tears my prayer is that that God would just comfort your heart and there's still not an answer at the end of the question mark but just trust in God Lord let your presence fall let your presence fall I remember whenever I was younger and I, I just started to learn about the Lord and I would ask my mom, you know, where did God come from? And, and it just, it messed with my head. I was like, well, everything had to come from something. You know, I was born and then this, and I, and I understood how everything kind of traced back to, to Adam and, and I understood how everything, but I just couldn't grasp where did God come from? And I remember asking 
Well, whenever I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God where he came from. And you know what? There's still no answer at the end of that question. But now there's a knowing in my heart that even though I don't, I know where he came from, even though I don't know where he came from. You know what I mean? He just, he was God. And that makes sense to me now, even though it doesn't make sense that he was just there. And there's some stuff in your life that, guys, there's no matter how many sermons you listen to or whatever, there's, there's some blank spots at the end of the question that only Jesus can answer. Only Jesus can come in and touch your heart in such a way that you know that he's alive. And that's all that matters. He's alive and he's living in me. And the valley may be long. The tears may not go away as soon as we would like. The job may be lost. Marriage may be on the rocks. The finances, the healing, the pain. It may still be there when you say amen. But he's alive. And he's good. And there's no other stream. To my right, there's some people here that would love to pray with you. If you have anything, anything at all going on in your life, or you would just say, you just, just like some prayer. Please don't rush out of here. Take some time. and If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and you didn't put your hand up, please just come and talk to, talk to one of these guys. We're going to, we're just going to, actually for a minute, let's do this. Just be quiet. tonight, 
cut out the TV, cut off the lights, and let all the noise of the world fade away. And close your eyes. God's going to come. God's going to show up. And in the midst of confusion, in the midst of whatever it is that's going on in your life, the peace of Lord, of the Lord, is just going to reign in your room tonight. There's going to be a sweet, sweet rest. So Lord God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and our relationship with you and just our desire to know you more, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Again, please.